Two trades and two points for the Wild as they beat the New York Islanders 2-1 to in a shootout. We break down all the action. We'll talk about the trades as well on tonight's Locked On Wild postcast. You are Locked On Wild postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Welcome into another Locked on Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wild pick up a 2-1 to one shootout win over the New York Islanders tonight. Seth Topal joined by Kevin Gorg. Kevin, we knew this was going to be a physical game, a tight game. You had Ilya Sorokin on one side, Philip Gustafson on the other. Both lived up to the hype, and the Wild had just enough to, uh, to come away with the huge win here tonight. Yeah, you almost feel like the Wild maybe stole an extra point, but that's part of the game. Like, goaltending... Is a big part of it. Their goalie was rock solid. Our goalie was the best player on the ice, I thought, and Philip Gustafson. And just talking to some of the guys down by the locker room here in the last 15, 20 minutes, they are very comfortable in these settings. Alex Goligoski made the point during an interview to talk about these experiences. And for younger players on this roster to have the confidence that in a tie game in the third period, Dean Everson's going to put you out there. That fourth line is out there. He's playing everybody in overtime. Jake Middleton is out there. These guys are, on, are in a really good, comfortable setting right now. They're finding ways to win hockey games. They're defending as well as they've defended all year long. And, and Seth, they're being rewarded for it with these two points that I'm telling you, they're going to matter here in another month and a half when it gets down to crunch time. Yeah, and they're, they're finding ways despite still trying to kind of get some things ironed out offensively. You had Ryan Reeves with the goal tonight, and Reeves had a fight. He had the, uh, the tap-in goal in front. And, you know, for a guy on the fourth line who was brought in earlier in the season to help get this team back on track, he's had a couple of games like this this season where he really just kind of takes over and becomes the authority guy. Yeah, I think that fight really set the tone because, you know, the Islanders clearly came out, you know, in the first period and had an edge. that You knew they would. A bunch of Minnesota guys on the roster, you know, Zach Parisi, one of their leaders, they were going to come out and play really hard. They did, and that fight seemed to get the wild and the crowd into the hockey game. And then to see Ryan Reeves make a play like that and don't sleep on the fact that that, that goal was set up by a great play by Jordan Greenway and great communication entering the zone. But to have him swat that thing out of midair, it looked like a night where it was going to be hard to beat Sorokin in any way, shape, or form. And at that point, with the Islanders on the board, uh, with clearly the momentum on their side, that seemed to really flip that. And I thought that goal made an impact, not just the end of the first period, but throughout the second period, when Minnesota probably had their best 20-minute uh, stretch of hockey. Uh, we just continue to see Philip Gustafson uh, amazing night in and night out. And tonight again, you and I were talking before we started tonight, in a season in which he's had a ton of just amazing performances, this might have been the best he's had all year. Yeah, you know, I had a, a buddy of mine who's a big hockey fan mention, you know, the Devin Dubnik run when Mike Yo was coaching in the Wild were left for dead and they made that acquisition. And, you know, his point was, is this fool's gold? I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, Devin Dubnik had a pretty good run more than just that year, but he was a, a veteran goalie where there was a, a enough of a book on him where you knew there'd be a little bit of a regression to the mean. That's not the case with this kid. You know, he's yet to play a full 82 game schedule. He, um, he looks like a guy that's getting better. If it, it it's hard to, for me to say this Seth, because it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical, but he keeps getting better. And I do think that 
the confidence he brings to the rink right now has an effect on this hockey team. Dean Evison just got done talking about him in his post-game presser. When you see that kid make the saves he made in overtime, it makes you believe that it's meant to be, like you're meant to get the win. He's that important. He's phenomenal. I think the impact is legit that Marc-Andre Fleury has had on him, especially when it comes to his preparation for these games. I think the goaltending coach, Freddie Shabbat, has done an unbelievable job with both these guys. And right now, uh, in my opinion, as good as both guys have been, he looks like the clear number one. And I, again, if you would have asked me this in October, I would have thought you're crazy. But uh, he's earned it. He's been unbelievable. Well, and the thing for me, too, I always get a kick out of when you get goalies that show a little swagger out there. And Gustafson did on a couple of those overtime saves, on the shootout saves, too. And that that's nothing new for him. Just when the game is, is at its most critical point, makes the most amazing saves. He had the one off the skate blade tonight <laughs> that, uh, that kept the game where it was. It's just – it's been – truly just a diamond find for uh, for Bill Guerin this year. Yeah, I, I think it's found money. I, I don't think anybody had any idea what they were getting. And you gave up a good player in Cam Tebbe. You gave up a player, certainly on the back nine of his career, and a player that's in the last couple of years been very injury prone. And that's happened again to him in Ottawa. And you get this young kid that's unproven, uh, and, and here he comes. And this is just really – the first step in his career and he's taken a big big step but if this is who he is it's going to be really good for the wild for a long time because let's not forget they've got a prized prospect in wallstead down in iowa developing and he looks like he's going to be the real deal so if you page forward to two three four years down the road when the Suter and parisi contracts are gone and Kirill kaprizov is literally in his prime you're gonna have maybe the best one two tandem in the national hockey league and and this kid to me, I, I don't see a lot of weaknesses. I'm a goaltending guy. I don't see a lot of weak spots in his game. Um, also, we get another shootout goal for uh, steady Freddie <laughs> Goudreau. And it's funny on a team with Matt Zuccarello, Kirill Kaprizov, who just seem automatic in the shootout. Goudreau, is the, he's the closer. He's the lights-out guy in the shootout that gets it done. And he did tonight against one of the best goalies in the NHL. You know, at the end of the year, sometimes teams do the old unsung hero thing. He'd be a guy I'd have at the top of that list because the penalty kill has been pretty dramatic uh, and good this year. He does the face-off thing at a high level. And, yeah, uh, in this day and age in the National Hockey League, to have that type of weapon in the shootout, that's a game-changer. And you're going to look back when we get down to the final week of the season and the Wild are jockeying for looks like playoff position right now the way things are going – you know, the four, five, six, seven extra points they got when Freddie Goudreau has been a big part of their shootout success are likely going to make a big impact. That could be the difference between being at the bottom of the playoff picture or having home ice advantage. It's a significant change. And so don't sleep on what he's done. Uh, he leads the National Hockey League in shootout goals. It's not Connor McDavid. It's not Austin Matthews. It's Freddie Goudreau. And it's a hell of a weapon to have. And that was only half the story today, Kevin. The, the Wild made a couple of trades, and so we'll talk about those as we shift our focus to the road trip with Vancouver and Calgary coming up here through the weekend. Plenty more to come on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast after a word from our sponsors. Tonight is Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you've got to give Built Bar a try. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. 
You can enjoy some unbelievable flavors too, like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. If that's not enough, Built Bars are incredibly healthy. They contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Best of all, you no longer have to wait to get yourself a box of Built Bars. You can stop by your local Walmart or Sam's Club to pick up a box today and enjoy your snacking. If you don't have one close, you can head to Built.com and order a box of Built Bars today, whichever way you choose. Get Built Bar going today. Our Lockdown Wild postcast continues as the Wild pick up a 2-1 to shootout win over the New York Islanders. Seth Topol joined by Kevin Gorg. Kevin, a couple of trades in the books. A familiar face returning to the Minnesota Wild as Marcus Johansson acquired uh, from the Washington Capitals. And so let's uh, let's start with that one as uh, that was the first trade of the day. And um, the Wild were looking for some scoring punch uh, at the deadline here. And uh, Johansson familiar with the organization. So he's going to get a chance to, uh, to bring some goals uh, to this team that's in the thick of a playoff push. Yeah, I think it's an interesting move because you didn't give up a lot for him. Uh, you give up a third-round pick a couple years down the road. It's a guy that the Wild are very familiar with. Dean Evison knows him from the American League and then from that stint he had back in 2021 with this hockey club. He brings speed. He brings skill. He plays the left wing. It feels like a really good spot to maybe pair up with a Matt Boldy and, and try to continue to get him some good looks at the net. But the bottom line is this guy can make an impact and give him a little shot in the arm offensively. And you didn't give up a lot to get him. And so the combination of knowing him, knowing what a great human being he is, and then the skill set that he brings to the table on a team that certainly needs some secondary scoring here down the stretch and into the playoffs, I like the move by Billy Guerin. You're not risking a ton, and there is some upside there. So certainly I thought, you know, for the first move of the week, I don't think that's going to be, you know, the moves he made today will be the only moves. I think that both these moves could have a ripple effect. Yeah, and then you talk about the second one, Gustav Nyquist from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, Nyquist hurt right now, and the hope is that he'll be ready to go before the playoffs start. A guy that brings some speed and brings some uh, some help on both of the special teams units as well. And so Bill Guerin point blank said it. He said, we, we felt comfortable taking a flyer on Nyquist, and if he's able to come back and be healthy, we feel like he can be a huge impact. Yeah, Bill Guerin made the point that this guy was on their radar for the last couple of months, and he said if this guy was healthy, you would have to give up a hell of a lot more to get him. You give him a fifth rounder, so it's a very low-risk move. What that move told me, when Bill Guerin made that move and it was announced that he's probably not going to be healthy until the very, very end of the regular season or the playoffs, that's Bill Guerin saying, I think we're going to get in, and I think we could use some help on our special teams. This guy is a very dynamic player. He's come close to scoring 30 goals multiple times in this league. Like Johansson, he's in his early 30s. He's a veteran player. Uh, I think he'll be a good locker room guy. I really think that if they hit the home run here, it's as low risk a move as you could possibly have. It's a very shrewd move because you're doing some homework here and you're relying on your training staff to get this guy and have them spend enough time with him to get him up to speed to have him ready for playoff hockey but it's a real vote of confidence by Bill Guerin that he truly believes this is a playoff team and this is a team that when they get there can do some damage. Well, and I think it signifies too that Guerin believes that a lot of the guys that are on the roster right now are going to continue this trend of showing some signs of breaking out of the uh, the funk offensively that has kind of been around this team. We've seen it from Ryan Hartman. 
we're seeing some uh, some better push from guys like Jordan Greenway as part of that new line with Duhame and Goudreau. And so you're seeing the signs of these guys starting to show some life. And so Bill Guerin saying, all right, I've seen enough to where we're going to get a little help and we're going to really go at this thing. Yeah, I, I think you really have to know that behind closed doors, they're trying everything they can to take some pressure off that top line and, and maybe allow Matt Boldy a chance to have a different look with him. You know, he's such a valuable player and we know that Matt Boldy has a ton of offensive skill. The production's tapered off here recently. And that's something the wild are certainly uh, obviously concerned about. And both of these moves could affect Matt Boldy down the road immediately. I, I think you're going to see Johansson on that line. We'll find out a lot more tomorrow at practice. And then obviously as we get closer to that game Thursday, in Vancouver, but they know exactly who Johansson is, and he does have the type of skill set where I think you slide Marcus Foligno back into one of those checking lines, put him up there, put a little speed on that line, and see what you can do. Uh, Kevin, we'll talk more about the Vancouver game a little later in the week, but just wanted to, before we sign off, look at the Vancouver game and the first of the home-and-home home against Calgary. The Flames are about the only team that seems to be um, – on the outside looking in for a playoff spot, they're still very dangerous, as we saw earlier in the season when they beat the Wild on the road. And if you get caught looking ahead, Vancouver's a team that has the weapons capable of, uh, of providing um, an upset there. But it feels like this team's really rolling. And uh, even though you have those factored in, just feels like this team's got a good shot in both games. Yeah, I think you focus it on that first game. I, I know that Calgary game is going to be a hyped-up game. It's likely going to be on national TV up in Canada. Obviously, the Wild have a bunch of players that grew up watching Hockey Night on Can in Canada on a Saturday. But you focus on Vancouver, who went into Dallas last night and got a win against Jake Ottinger and the Stars. So they are dangerous. But if you play a disciplined, smart game, you don't take penalties, you play that good, physical, hard-nosed, tough defense, which we've seen now from the wild for a couple of weeks here, Vancouver has no interest in being forced to play that type of game. They've got high end talent that wants to free wheel. If you don't let them do that, you're going to have success. And I think that game sets the tone for what lies ahead because you're going to have back-to-back -back games against Calgary where you're going to get them playing their absolute hardest, knowing that, that this is their last real chance to get back in the playoff race. But you can't worry about that. You worry about Vancouver Thursday, you get to Calgary on Saturday, and uh, those games will be physical. They'll be nasty. But Vancouver game, you can dictate terms. You can control that. And if the Wild play the way they're playing right now, they'll have no problem. One game at a time. Wild pick up another win here tonight, 2-1 to one over the New York Islanders. That will conclude tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Kevin, as always, appreciate the time. We'll uh, catch in with you uh, before the Vancouver game to preview things. And listeners, make sure to take a look at the episode we did breaking down the Marcus Johansson trade, as well as the one we'll have for Gustav Nyquist as well. Plenty of content for you here throughout the week, as well as talking about tonight's win also. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, as well as YouTube and social media, so make sure that you follow along as we guide you through the rest of the season. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.